I'm just going to start by praying as well. Uh, this morning, um, it's not been easy this morning for me, and even sitting there literally two minutes whilst we're doing a notice before I stood up, I suddenly start feeling heartburn, and do you know when things just, you just feel like, okay, God, I get it. I, lo- I love you, I'm going to hand everything over to you because um, you just feel like everything's kind of going against you in one morning. Um, so I'm just going to pray against the enemy because I feel this is a really important topic and I feel like the enemy doesn't want us to, to step into that but God really wants us to rush into it. It's, um, so I'm just going to pray against the enemy and that we all just focus our minds on what God's doing this morning. Yeah, we just thank you that you're an amazing God. We thank you the fact that when we cry out to you, we know you're already there. We know you're already defending us, but Lord, this morning we pray for your defence this morning on this topic. I pray as we speak about it today on social media, Lord, I pray that you, you guard us and you help us to hear what you want us to hear. And Lord, when the enemy is trying to attack us in some way, we just pray now against that. In Jesus' name, we say, enemy, flee. And we say right now, let us just come to learn about social media and how to love our neighbour, just to glorify you, our Father. We pray this in your name. Amen. So as Dom said, we're learning about love your neighbour. So the series has been amazing so far. And today we come to social media. Now some of you might be automatically going, I'm going to shut down because I don't do social media. Um, I, maybe I've got a Facebook account that I go on once every two months or something like that. Or maybe you don't have anything. Maybe when I say Instagram, you're like, I've heard of it, but I'm never going to go on it. Um, but I'm here to challenge you today. When I spoke to Dom about it, I said, It's not the easiest preach. There's no book in the Bible called the Book of Face. You can't go there and go, right, Book of Face, it's time for Facebook. You can't do that. You can't go, and Jesus whipped out his mobile phone and went on Twitter and tweeted something. No, that doesn't happen in the Bible. But yet, I put to you this morning that it's an incredibly important topic. I'd argue very adamantly that Jesus would be the best person at social media, that Paul would be amazing at social media, just from some of the things he actually says in his word. So why bother? Let me start my timer. Otherwise, if you know me, we're going forever. So number one, so I'm going to give you some facts and some figures. The number of social media users worldwide in 2019, so this year, is up to 3.484 billion people. That's up 9% on last year alone. And that's around 45% of the world's population. And that's including people who don't have even access to it. So we're still at 45%, which is huge. Facebook still remains the most widely used platform. Of people interviewed, 90, 90%, 90.4% of millennials use social media every day. And those of you who think it might just be for the young, this isn't a particularly old category, but Generation X, so the 60s, people born in the 60s to the 80s, that you're still at 77.5% use it every day. On average, an average person spends two hours and 22 minutes a day on social media. DR says, good grief. I'm going to challenge that point of view later, DR, because I think we embrace that as a community trying to strive towards accessing people who are using it every day. 71% of consumers say that if they have a positive experience on social media, Beyond anything else, they are more likely to recommend it to a friend. Instagram stories have increased from 150 million daily in 2017, so not even that long ago, to 500 million new stories every day. A side point, 91% of social media is accessed on our mobile phones, so we have instant access all the time. 
The top 10 motivators are on, this, on the screen for using, can we go back one? Is that all right? For using social media. Number one, to stay in touch with what our friends are doing. To stay in, number two, stay in touch, uh, stay up to date with news and current events. Number three is a bit scary. This is where I definitely agree with you are. Number three, to fill up spare time. I read that and I was like, that is so true. That is so true. And that, that was where this preach really hit me. This was like, oh, wow. Am I in that 39% who goes on social media to fill up spare time? Number four, because lots of my friends are on them. Number five, general networking. Number six, because to find funny and entertaining videos and content. Number, number seven, to share videos and photos. Number eight, to share my opinion. And when we're at number eight, this is still 30%, so it's not that different from number one. Number nine, to meet new people. And number 10, to research and buy products. Now, if that isn't enough reasons alone to learn about social media and as Christians how we should use it, then I don't know what else I can give you. I don't know. So what are we going to look at today? Well, I put to you, these are not new ideas. What people are searching for here are exactly what we search for the whole time as humans. We search for love, we search for connection. We want to fill our time. If we've got a void, we want to fill it in some way. It's just that in the modern day, we have a new way of doing it. We have a phone, we have Twitter, we have um, Facebook, we have Instagram. We have all these different things. We feel it like that. I believe Jesus and Paul face the same challenges with people in their context. Um, you see some of the letters that Paul writes, and he talks about that kind of thing. Like, set your mind on God. And he's like, don't set your things on the things of the world. Set your mind on God. It's like if Paul was here today, he'd be like, Get, don't set your mind on these silly things. Set your mind on God. But I believe Paul and Jesus would say to us, that doesn't mean don't use them. We're also told in another part to be salt and light. We're also told um, for a combination of different verses to be in the world and not of the world. How are we going to love our neighbours if we're not in the place where they access their information, their friends, and they spend their time when they're bored? So today we're looking at three points Bang on time, which is perfect. To love our neighbour, um, we need to be to love, We need to be meeting new people and be present. So we're going to call that connect. To love our neighbour, we need in sharing our opinions, which is one of the high ones that come up. We're going to call that express. And number three, to love our neighbour through sharing our lives and staying up to date with news and current events. So we're going to call that engage. We're going to look at connection, expression, and engagement. So, I'm going to invite Nick up to read, as he always does when I preach, because I'm such a bad reader. So Nick's going to come, and you're going to know this passage fairly well. Often you hear it read at weddings. Nick's going to use that. I'll move that this way. So over to you, Nick. It's quite apt that I forgot my uh, Bible today, so I'm reading this on my phone as well. <laughs> that was unintentional. Um, So, yeah, reading from 1 Corinthians 13, starting at verse 4. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. 
love never ends. Brilliant. So you've probably heard that passage a million times. Most weddings you go to will read it. But today, we're going to grab that passage and put it in terms of social media. Now, on the screen, if we flip to the next slide, at the end of every, at the end of every uh, point I'm going to make today, I've, I've made a fake tweet to get us in the, uh, the mood of tweeting. Um, and it's going to be a quick summary, a snapshot of what I spoke about in that point. So if you don't even... If you, please listen. But if you don't want to listen... Just read these, because that's exactly what tweeting's about. That's exactly what social media is about. Sending that instant snapshot, we grab it, and it intrigues us to go further. That's exactly what it is. So what's the fuss all about with point number one? Direct to God. Okay, so let's look at connection. As we said, 28% of people are looking to meet new people on social media. Now, my first point is a very, very sensible one. Be safe. I could not do this preach without telling you to be safe. I'm not telling you all to rush in to social media and ev- at everyone you know, ev- anyone you don't know. You don't, we don't know who people are behind their Facebook accounts, behind their Twitter accounts, people who slide into your DMs, your direct message from Instagram. We don't know them all. So be safe. Don't be silly. But don't give up. As we go through it, we're going to look at how these, that 1 Corinthians 13 applies. So this one is always, love always perseveres. So we need to be there. In, in Acts, Paul is uh, in Athens, and he says, Paul was writing to Silas and Timothy in Athens. He was troubled because he saw the city was full of idols. In the synagogue, he talked to the, with the Jews and the Greeks who worshipped the true God. He also talked every day with the people in the marketplace. This is what Paul, this is how I know Paul would use social media well. He was there. He went to the marketplace every day. He went to the marketplace and spent time. He walked around the city, saw the false idols. He knew the people. He didn't run away from that because he's like, oh no, there's a false idol. He went there. He was annoyed by it. He was greatly disturbed. But he didn't run away from it He went there, he was present. And I think for some of us here today, we hear social media, we hear Instagram, we hear Twitter. We go, oh no, oh no, I'm not doing that. First of all, my mind doesn't even get around it. I can't understand how it works. Second of all, I've heard loads of things that it's really negative. It's it's, it's developing individualism. It's all these, we, we hear the words and we get consumed by the negative. And some of those things are true. But Paul, who's walking around Athens, sees false altars to false idols. And he doesn't run away. He stands in the marketplace and he talks. So my call for you today is be available. Be present. What is our modern day marketplace? It's lots of things, yes. But obviously I'm talking about on social media today, so I'm going to use social media as the main one. Be present. Even as I say that, I feel there's people here who are scared. I'm not asking you to be some kind of social media genius who can do everything. I I said to John when I was playing this, I don't even really ask me. I barely go on Twitter, (laughs) and that was one of my challenges. I don't really know what I'm doing on Instagram. 
and Facebook, I'm not that good at it. But for all of us, we are a call to be present. How can we love our neighbor if we're not there? So, see, Paul, he saw the idols, but he didn't run, as I said. He stayed where the community was. Yes, he went to the synagogue and met the Jews and those believing in the true God. But he also went to the marketplace where they were worshipping false idols. He didn't run. I don't know if he was scared or not. He doesn't, doesn't tell me. But he was present. As I said, I think this preach is challenging. It's challenging for me. It's probably challenging for you. I'm here to encourage you, but I think the Holy Spirit's going to teach us a lot through this today. Be active. So Paul, when he was there, he didn't just walk around doing nothing. It goes on in Acts 17 to talk about how he used the false idol, the, the, um, some of the false idols, and an altar to the unknown God. Um, you probably heard that story, and he uses that to, to talk to the men of, he's like, men of Athens. And then he talks about, about Jesus, and um, he's, a, he's active in the marketplace. He doesn't stand there. He isn't just present. He then acts. And I think that's what God's calling us today to do today. We can all reach different sets of people. Some of the people I'm friends with aren't even friends with Lay, my wife, on Facebook. There's probably whole groups of people out here that I have zero contact with. Emma, she might have a group of mums or might have a, a group of work colleagues that I have zero contact with. I can't reach them. But you can. You can. As we found out earlier, as I said, 28% are looking to meet new people. People are there. 45% of the world's population is on social media. And my question is, if people are searching and we're not there, what will they find? So I can assure you, if it's not us, Someone else is going to be trying to fill them with stuff that we know isn't truth. So my call to you today is be present. And let me remind you, I'm not asking you to be a social media genius. I'm just asking you to be there, to engage, to love your neighbour by being present. So the next point, there'll be a tweet that comes up if you want to grab it. Um, the next point is express the opportunity to encourage. So we all have a need to, ex to express. We've seen that in the, the statistics I said earlier on. We all, uh, one of the higher things motivations to share our opinion. We're just as much human beings as the people using, uh, who, who don't know Jesus. We have a need to express as well. And this is where my next kind of challenge comes. In the passage of 1, uh, 1 Corinthians, love does not dishonor others. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 11, says, Therefore, encourage one another, build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. So take the opportunity we have with social media. When you're using your Facebook, your Twitter, your Instagram, whatever you're using, 
Say what God has done for you. You've got a need to express. Express it well. Express the goodness. Express the goodness of God. Express his favour. Express his love. Express his, his everything he does for you. You have this platform for everyone to see what God is doing. You have this platform to go, yes, my God saved me. Yes, I went through a hard time, but he delivered me. And be real as well. Yes, I'm going through a hard time at the moment, but I still love God. You might want to use it, for example, you don't have to do this, but for example, during I'm preaching, I might say a soundbite, I might say a quote or something. You might want to tweet it out, you want to Instagram it, shove it out there, and people might go, what is this about? Grab you with a snapshot of what we're saying, and they investigate more. It might be that you, around permissions, we have to work it out, but it might be like certain photographs of events we've run, and you want to express the goodness of God, you want to express what the church is doing, you want to express, well, well Hatfield Day is a prime example where it is. We, you can take a photo of that and go, isn't it amazing what the church is doing in the community? You can express in a good way. You can encourage others. You can follow pages that tell you, that give you goodness of God. You can tell, follow pages that send a video of like 30 second clips. Lay is brilliant at this. I'm rubbish at this. Lay, Lay will, will lie in bed and I'll be hearing a, another man. I'll be like, what is this? And it'll be a man telling me about Jesus and telling me about how good he is. And Lay will see on Instagram and it will encourage Lay. And she can send it to other people to encourage them as well. Now you might be thinking this is a bit scary. Just chucking it out there on social media. Because once it's out there, it's very hard to get it back. Maybe start with using the KCC groups. Maybe start by sharing your stories on KCC Hatfield. Saying, oh, isn't it amazing? And we are, I think we're good at this. I want to commend us with this. But I think we can go further. God gave me a picture in worship today of a, in the prayer meeting earlier on. The ceiling there is like a, kind of like a false ceiling. You can push the tiles up and it goes further. And I thought God's saying, that's our use of social media at the moment. We see our ceiling, but God's saying, no, you can push that out of the way, and my ceiling is much higher. Maybe we could do that. Maybe we could share stories of healings. We can come together. Caroline Mercer, are you even here, Caroline Mercer? Well, I talk about her anyway. And um, she, uh, the other day, she shared a message saying, can anyone babysit? That is fine. That's an expression of loving your neighbor. I need help. I need someone to come and help me. Use it wisely. Share upcoming events. There's something on a social media called being, a, being an influencer. And that means, essentially, their job is to be giving really cool stuff and tweet about it and Instagram about it. And then that's basically their job. I'm like, how amazing is that? But we could be that. We can be an influencer for the gospel via social media. And combat the loneliness if all these things, and I need to express, use it in a way to combat loneliness. Share that message. Inbox, DM, whatever you want to do. Snapchat it. Use it well. Leave no one out. We don't have to wait for a letter to arrive anymore. Now, as a church, we've had many prophetic words about loneliness. Maybe this could be one way for us to step forward as a church, to break Loneliness. But remember my point a little while ago. Be safe. Okay. There should be another tweet coming up now. Is there? Yep. Love by encouragement. 
what are you sharing? Hashtag encourage every day. Let's do that. Second part of expression, give God the glory. It says in, um, in 1 Corinthians as well, it says, love does not boast, it does not envy. And I love that because it's like both sides of the coin chucked into one phrase. Do not boast, but do not be envy. Do not envy. So what are we sharing? Are we boasting or are we giving God the glory? Are you chucking up a picture and saying, isn't it amazing how God blessed me? Um, and, but are you also being real of saying, my life isn't always like that? Social media often, and this is one of the negatives, has an element of me culture. How great is my life? Could we be the people on social media that are real? Yeah, you might not get the same amount of likes. You might not get the same amount of whatever followers or whatever it is. I don't even know them all. But we might not have that. But what is more important, a like on a picture or sharing your life so someone's led to the Lord? Do you praise God for your blessings on social media? Now, I couldn't believe the amount of times in the Bible God talks about boasting. Like, I typed it in, and I was like, I know which one I'm looking for. And, um, and then suddenly, like, this stream of boasting comes up. I was like, oh, wow, God, you really take this seriously. And um, I'm, my challenge to you, do not show off. Do not boast. It might be photos. It might be, oh, how amazing. I've just done every, every item in the house. I've cleaned every item. I am the most amazing domestic god or goddess I can do it all. Has God been given any glory in that? My house is amazing. Look at this. Is there any element of God? When you're chucking it up, give God the glory. In fact, Paul says this. If I must brag, I will brag about the things that show I am weak. God knows that I am not a liar. I am not lying. He is the God and the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he is to be praised forever. If that verse doesn't sum up what our social media activity should be like, or maybe find me a better one. Do not boast. Give God the glory. What's your Instagram story portraying about you? But then, as I said, the lovely phrase in Corinthians, a flip side, do not envy. We have responsibilities that when we see photos of whatever, or we see statements or tweets or whatever it is, we have a responsibility to say, it's amazing that person's been blessed in that way. We may not agree with the way it's been put to us, but we have a responsibility to say, yeah, God bless them. We don't want to be envious. We don't want to be jealous. We don't want to cover. When we see a blessing, you have the same responsibility to go, God, thank you for blessing them. Doesn't mean we can't challenge, but it means our heart position should be one of praise back to God. Love is not proud. So what if it goes wrong? 
What if someone chucks something up and you, your heart just, you're filled with anger and it, you know it's not righteous. You know that moment when you know it's not righteous anger in your, in your heart and you're like, oh no, how am I going to deal with this one? I've got to repent. But yet you're still consumed by anger. And so you might see a photo that has led you to anger. You might see a tweet that's led you to anger. Where do you run? Something might happen in your worldly life, like your non-social media life. Where do you run? Do you run to God? Or do you get your phone out and tweet it? Do you get your phone out and make a status about it? Do you find an article and share it because you know it's going to hurt someone else? Where do you run? And if you've done that and it goes wrong, say sorry. Yes, and social media, as I said, it's so hard to bring it back. It's virtually impossible. But we can still say sorry. Love is not proud. Okay, let's move on to the next one. This is perfect time. I'm so happy with myself. I tried so hard to keep these on, on point because there's a lot to get through. Okay, where are we up to at the moment? There should be a tweet. Who gives you your blessing? What does your Insta story portray? Hashtag glorify, don't boast. So that should sum up the last point. Yeah, my grammar's not best, but that's social media for it. So... Okay, we're just going to watch a story now. I've got a video on the next slide. Should be up there. God's story, the Good Samaritan. So part of God's story is about a Good Samaritan, and it goes like this. When Jesus lived on earth, he often told stories to teach us things. Stories that teach a lesson are called parables. One day, Jesus told a parable about a good guy from a place called Samaria, a Good Samaritan, to a group of Jewish people. It all started when a Jewish expert in the law asked Jesus, what must I do to receive eternal life? Basically, he was asking, what do I have to do to be perfect? Since this guy was an expert in the law, he thought he already knew how to be perfect because he knew all the rules. He just wanted to see what Jesus would say. Of course, Jesus knew what the man was thinking, so he asked him, what is written in the law? The man said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Love him with all your strength and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Jesus answered him by telling this story. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Everybody listening was Jewish, and they could probably all picture the exact road Jesus was talking about. He continued, a priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. You might expect a priest who was supposed to serve God to help, but he didn't stop. Then Jesus said, a Levite came to the place and saw him, but he passed by on the other side too. Levites were assistants to priests, so maybe you'd expect them to help too, but he didn't stop either. Finally, Jesus said, a Samaritan came along. Remember, a Samaritan is a person from Samaria. That's near Israel, where God's family, Jews, lived. But here's the thing. Jews and Samaritans didn't get along. In fact, nobody hearing this story would ever expect a Samaritan to help. Because Samaritans and Jews couldn't stand each other. But Jesus said, when the Samaritan saw the man, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out money and gave it to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will pay you back for any extra expense you have. Then Jesus asked, 
Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law didn't even want to say the word Samaritan, but he admitted the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. In other words, go and love everyone. Even people we don't like or people who everybody else wants to avoid. See, when we show love, we're obeying Jesus. Obeying God doesn't mean just doing what his rules say. It means loving him more than anything and showing his love to every single person that we meet. And that's the story of the Good Samaritan. Wonderful. So in that, we see um, where the title of our, um, our series comes from, Love Your Neighbor. Now, when we hear that story, you've probably heard it before again. We, were, we focus on, oh, the high priest walked by the other side, the Levi walked by the other side, but the, the man who hated, he was the one who helped. And we need to hold on to that. But I'm going to try and add some new things into this story today that I think God was speaking to me about. So I want you to pretend you're the Samaritan. You're walking down the road, you're going to the same place, and you see a person lying on the side who's been beaten up. And he knew it was a Jewish man. But the Jew- he stopped and he helped, as we heard. So what does this tell us about the Samaritan? How, how can that help us? Love by identifying the circumstance someone's going through. The Samaritan saw it, and to be fair, in this case, it's quite easy to work out what's going on. The man's been beaten up, he's, probably, he's bleeding, and he's got bruises everywhere, and maybe broken bones. So he can identify the situation, but if you've got someone on social media, two hours, 22 minutes a day, they're going to put something out that at least gives them a, you a glimpse of their situation. Are we the same as the Samaritan? Are we aware of the needs of our friends? Are we aware of their circumstance, positive or negative? As I said, social media is a source of release for some people. When you see it, someone posts something, do you get your thumb and go, I'm not looking at that, and just swipe it up and go move on? Or do you go, actually, no, I'm going to read it. I'm going to see what my friend is going through. I'm going to see what's going on. When you've seen the one millionth baby photo of someone's firstborn baby or whatever, you're like, oh, I'm so bored of seeing another baby. Or do you go, wow, this is still exciting. And I can identify the situation there. And they're so proud. It's their first child. They're so proud. Would you get your phone, as I said, and go, I'm not looking at that. When someone puts up an article, do you read it? How can you love someone if you don't know their situation? The Good Samaritan saw the person, identified the situation straight away, and then was able to love. If you don't know the pain, if you don't know the joy, it doesn't just have to be like a beaten up situation. It can be, as I said, a baby photo, a birthday, whatever it is. I don't mind that because we're doing social media, that's fine. Maybe it's a tweet. Um, hashtag Sam Wilkes. Take that. Um, Do we celebrate in their joys? Do we, do, we do we identify the joy they're going through? Do we identify the pain? 
Now, a few weeks ago, we learned about something, not here, at another conference, we learned about something called double listening. And one way you can take double listening is that you listen to God and what the Word is saying, but you listen to what the world is saying, so you, so you can combat what the world is saying by knowing what God says. So if the world is saying, I don't know, let's take an easy, take an easy one to combat, murder is okay, okay? The world doesn't say that for the purposes of this being recorded and going up. The world doesn't say that. But we might say murder is okay. But we're, we're standing there going, let's talk about, I don't know, relationships. Like marriage. If the world is screaming a question of murder and we're answering the question of marriage, will we ever meet their need? No. Someone once told me when you share the gospel... Yes, you have to talk about Jesus, obviously. But listen to the person's situation first and say how Jesus meets that need. And then lead him through what Christ has done. So double listen. Read the word. Listen to God. Listen to the world. And how can we do that? We've got it on our phones nonstop. The world chucks everything at us through social media and apps and everything. We haven't really got an excuse not to know what the world is saying. And then when we hear what the world is saying, pray, go straight back to God again and pray about it and ask him to lead us in an answer. Pray about the pain you hear. Thank God for the successes and blessings that he puts on maybe a country or a people group or something like that. So we're just going to move on to the next, next one. Listen and identify the circumstance. What are people saying? Hashtag double listen. That's what we should be doing. Okay. And our last point is still an engagement. Engage. The need to respond. So when the uh, Samaritan saw the man and he identified it, he identified the man's pain, he identified his circumstance, he wasn't like the other two. He responded in a positive way. The other two responded in a very negative way. But he responded in love, like we're talking about today. So what is the right response? Well, we're told in 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient, love is kind. Very, very much quoted. So when you see the pain or the joy, you need to be patient. You need to be kind. You need to respond. Now, part of my point here, I'm not sure I put it up there. Silence is an okay response. If you know that your response is not going to be patient, it's not going to be kind, silence can be key. Or maybe it's for a different reason. Sometimes you literally don't have anything to say on the matter. There's no point in making something up. Silence can be key. Look at Jesus. How many times was he silent and in front of questions? But yes, there is also a place to respond. Give the encouragement we spoke about earlier on. Respond to the pain. A little message saying, Facebook message or whatever saying, oh, I'm here if you want to chat. I'm praying for you. Send a Bible verse. Whatever you want to do. Encourage, respond to the love, the pain. When it's a joy, say, isn't it amazing your newborn baby? Isn't it amazing that your birthday party was such a success? Isn't it amazing that 
you've got a nice new front door on your house. I don't know. People put weird things up on Facebook these days. And um, you've got to respond to that as well. Our right response. Love is not easily angered. Another part from 1 Corinthians. The hidden face. The problem with social media is that you're not face-to-face with someone. You're not standing there and you don't see their reaction. Sorry, Malay, you're like, you're right in front of me. When I say something to you, I don't see Lay's reaction in pain if I say something that hurts. With John, I can, I can stand in front of him and say something that hurts him, he might cry. With social media, it's a hidden face. You, don't know what you're, you know what you're saying, but you don't see the reaction. So that frees us to say hurtful and painful things. We can rush into anger. An angry response. But remember, God is slow to anger and rich in love. Now I said when I started this, this is just as much about me as you. God is slow to anger and rich in love. Our social media should be slow to anger and rich in love. Venting. Not dealing with things face to face. Get the Facebook out, get the Twitter out, bent like that. The hidden face is not a good thing. Love is not easily angered. Face to face, short accounts, not rants and raids on Facebook. I know it seems quite heavy, it is heavy to be fair, I'm not going to say it's not, it is heavy. Love always hopes and trusts and keeps no record of wrongs. A lack of judgment. Love always hopes for the best. It does not judge. For the person who's your friend who isn't a Christian, when they chuck something up on social media and it doesn't come under God's rule and reign, why should it? They don't see him as king. They don't conform to his rules and his, his love. He doesn't, they, they don't know it. When he chucks it up, it's not your chance to, to pounce it and have a go. It's your chance to be slow to anger and rich in love. It's your chance to love. It's your chance, as it says, to always hope that someone's going to come through that situation and always hope that person's going to come through to knowing the Lord as their saviour. It's always, it says love always trusts. It's your chance to love and trust that God has his hand upon that. That God, if you believe in the sovereignty of God, you can trust that he is sovereign. Respond with hope that the person will come closer to Jesus. And I phrase that like that because sometimes it can be our Christians, brothers and sisters that chuck something else that makes us really angry. Makes us want to judge the situation. And yes, they might put something up that you might feel God stirs in your spirit and say, that is wrong. We respond in love. We pray that God brings them closer to him. As we said before, don't rant or rave on Facebook. Keep a short face-to-face account. Love always protects. Peace, not conflict. As we said, when we're answering questions, be peaceful about it. Don't try and raise an argument. Don't try and raise it. Don't just rush into it. If you really want to have a, a, dis, a proper discussion, then have a proper discussion. It might be someone who's on the other side of the world. So you're thinking, oh, how do I have a proper discussion? Have it in private. 
in terms of like social, you could use Facebook Messenger, you WhatsApp, you can Skype. There's, the world is our oysters, they say. There's so much stuff out there. Don't chuck it so everyone can see it. When your neighbor looks at you, do they see conflict and anger in your responses? Or do they see the love of Christ? Positive and negative. Show the love of Christ. And love always protects. Social media bullying. Trolling, if you want to call it that. We can still, we can still protect the oppressed online. Love always protects. Maybe that's what God is talking to you about this morning. Being that person that takes a stand in the situation and says, that's not okay to make fun of that. Now, I'm not telling you you have to write that on, the, on the, the big thread or whatever's going on. Ask God to tell you how to respond to that situation. I'm not God. Let's make that very clear right now. I'm not God. I can't tell you the answers to everything. But he can. He can guide you. So love always protects peace, not conflict. And finally, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. I left this at last, because I think this is most important. So if you fall on a sweet switch back on. Direct to God. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Paul in Acts 13, we read it, um, 13 I think, or 17, I can't remember. Uh, right, we read about it earlier on, about the, uh, the, the, the altar to the unknown God. Paul uses that altar to direct back to God. This is why, again, I think Paul would be great at social media. He'd look at what the world is saying, engage with it, respond in the right way, take what they're saying and direct it back to the Father, direct it back to the resurrected Jesus, direct it to salvation, direct it to God's love. Because love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Be the salt and the light on your social media. Be the salt and the light. When someone's saying something, direct it back to Jesus. Don't have to ram it down their throats. You know, don't every time someone writes something, just put hashtag Jesus after it. That's not going to work. You have to respond. He took what they were saying. He didn't just go, Jesus. He took what they're saying. He said, you have an altar to the unknown God. But did you know there was a God, and he uses that. There's a God who saved us. There's a God who's risen from the dead. It's a, and he talks about Jesus, and he leads some people to the Lord like that. And it's like, we have to do the same. We can't just go, someone says, Oh, isn't it? Oh, so murder was my previous example. Isn't it great that we can murder people? And you go, hashtag Jesus, and then run away. No, you don't want to do that. You don't, have anyone seen that picture on Facebook media, where, like social media, where um, there's like Jesus poking his head around the door? Or is it just me who's seen that? There's like a thing where Jesus pokes his head around the door when someone's saying something that goes against God, and then no one else says anything. Well, what does that do? What does that do? That Jesus, Jesus is looking at you? Like, where have you shown the love? Where have you delighted in the truth? Rejoice in the truth. Paul used the altar to the unknown God to lead people to salvation. If Paul was here today, he'd get his Twitter, Insta, whatever it is out, and go, wow, someone said that, and he'd use that to direct it back to God. 
Well, obviously, that's not a verse in the Bible. But like, he doesn't say, if Paul had social media, he would do that. But I believe that that's what he would do. When you look at Paul, he takes so many opportunities. When you look at Jesus, he takes so many opportunities. So be the salt and light in your social media. Direct back to God. Direct to God. And then we're left with one thing. Different translations say different things. One says love never fails. One says love never ends. So what are we left with? Love never ends. It's the only one of that 1 Corinthians 13 passage I haven't spoken about to now. I don't know if you might have been ticking them off on the way or whatever. It's the only one I haven't said. Love never ends. So when you're on social media, we're told as Christians we're going to suffer. If you're being persecuted on social media, there's so many responses to do. But one of them is that love never ends. Keep showing love. Love your neighbour as you love yourself. And before that, love the Lord your God with your heart, might, strength. So love never ends. We're just going to finish there. We're going to pray. We're going to, I don't actually know what the time is. We're just going to finish there. And we're going to pray. But if you feel that today that you need to respond to Maybe you've acted a certain way of social media, or maybe you feel like God is really, the Spirit is talking to you, like, yeah, I'm really excited about using social media in the right way to, to love my neighbor. Then there's a prayer ministry team that would love to pray for you afterwards. We want to take the, the pain and the joy and we want to chuck it all together and we go, we want to release us as a church, our individual, individual presences on social media to love our neighbor properly. So if that's you, as a prayer ministry team, we'd love to pray for you. But remember, the last two things. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. And love never ends. So Lord, we just thank you for what we've heard today. We thank you for your, your spirit being with us and teaching us. And Lord, we pray that anything I've said this morning that's not of me, just let it rush. That's, that's of me and not of you. Let it rush out of the building now. And Lord, convict us in our hearts of areas we need to change on our social media. But Lord, make us impassioned to use it properly to love our neighbour. Make us realise the opportunity we have to love people in a different way. Lord, make us excited to share events the church is doing, events that you, you are doing as well, the blessings that you share upon us. And we pray this all in your name. Amen. Right, we don't... Right, we don't have um, time for a song. So it's time for uh, tea and coffee. Remember I said there's social, uh, social media at the back? There's, I've said it so many times. There's prayer ministry at the back if you want it. Um, we'd love to pray for you. And be, spend time being family together, having tea and coffee and biscuits. Thanks. <laughs>